G'day you lot, Maureen here from the Granny Bingo Wireless Podcast. We've got a very, very exciting update for you. That's right, kiddies. We have two huge things happening next week. On Monday the 2nd of August, we'll be hosting the 6th birthday of Granny Bingo. Join us for a hilarious evening of comedy and prizes from 7.30pm at the Comedy Republic on Burke Street in Melbourne. Then, on Thursday the 5th and Friday the 6th of August, we'll be performing a two-night-only return season of our sold-out comedy festival stand-up show, An Intimate Evening with Granny Bingo. You can purchase tickets to either of these events at comedyrepublic.com.au. All right, well, enjoy the rest of the episode! This is Melbourne calling. Welcome to Granny Bingo Wireless. Creates unsightly stains fast. Toodle pip. Hey, come over here, go over there. Don't be scared now, yeah. Lift up your head, hold out your hand, pull up your pants. Now why did you pull down your pants? We only just met, but that's why I like you. People connecting, grandma's laughing, nostalgia and ethnic dancing. And uh, that was the theme song from Harry's Practice. I'm really enjoying doing theme song work here on the uh, podcast. He's out on the road helping us out. If there's a pet with a problem, he'll sort it out. Because they're all part of the family, great and the small. And Harry's a friend to them all. Hello kiddies and welcome to the Granny Bingo Wireless Podcast. My name is Ms Edith Vale and the woman with the beautiful voice that you just heard is my best friend in the entire world, Mrs Maureen McGillicuddy. How are you my darling? (laughs) I'm top notch mate because you know what? What? I'm not living down in the uh, tunnels under the city. Yes, I heard about those on your QAnon blogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, it's a, it is an absolute rot. But I'm not down there, so I'm happy as Larry. Yes, I, I might no. be locked down in the bunker here with you, but at least I'm not there. It's been a whole week since our last episode. What have you been up to? Uh, I went into the city. I'm not paying for the my key. No. no way, no. And train ticket either. My money is precious. I used to love those those handsome older men that used to come on the tram in their little short yeah. shorts with their little yeah. ticket machine and their coins in their bum bag and that's uh, right. Oh, I miss that. I wish they'd bring that back. Yep. No, they were beautiful men, beautiful, beautiful men. And of course, they had the conductors stand on the tram, mm. so they'd sort of have a little nook that mm-hmm. they could go up there and replenish their tickets and yes. do change and all that sort of thing. And uh, the uh, the perfect size for a woman of my height to duck down inside there while the conductor was rolling around on the tram, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, you'd tap him on and off. <laughs> <laughs> now, I went into the city. That, it turns out there was a protest on last Saturday. Oh, yes. What are they whinging about now? Oh, it was the COVID freedom. People don't want to wear the masks. Oh, yes. And um, they were all wearing masks, the people at this protest, to hide their face from the ah, cameras. Right, yes. Cameras. So we were sort of trying to argue to not wear a mask by wearing a mask. Right. 
Yeah. Anyway, it was all right. I joined in for a bit. Nice people. I end up going for a drink with one of them after. Guy got a bowl of sweet potato chips. Oh, yum. Uh, they were absolutely beautiful, Edith. I've always thrown sweet potatoes out. I thought they were a potato gone wrong, gone rusty. But it was very yummy, quite sweet. Oh, lovely. I th- more than, That's the flavour profile, I suppose. Yeah, well, I was chatting to my new friend, Trish, and Trish was telling me, I didn't know about this, Edith, that the masks serve as a constant reminder of the oppression that we are meant to feel. It's a constant oppression tactic from the government that if we can be wearing a mask, we are muzzled like a dog. No, That's I'm why sorry, the government Maureen, makes us wear I'm masks. sorry, love. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I am sick to bloody death of COVID. Oh, no, you... Well, you I'm not... No, I won't talk about it for another bloody second. It's all over the television, protests in all the cities. You know, I do Tumblr. Yep. It was all over Tumblr. I'm bored of it. I don't want to talk about COVID anymore. In okay. fact, I'm declaring this episode a COVID-free zone. Unlike right. the two biggest cities in Australia, this is a COVID-free zone. We're not talking about it for the entire episode. Right, OK, fair enough. So what else have you been up to? I got a call from your brother-in-law, Barry. I totally forgot to oh, yes, spoke yeah, for Barry. about an hour. Oh, I haven't spoken to him in ages. I suspect you'd know that your poor old sister's quite unwell in hospital, which is sad. Mona? Yes, Mona. You don't know. Mona Vale? Well, no, what's wrong with her? Mona's in hospital. She's got... Co- oh, I can't talk about that. Um, she's She's got... I don't know how to... I don't... I can't say it. What's wrong? Just say it. What's wrong? No, I can't say it. No, this is my blood and flesh, my only living sister. What's wrong with her? She's... She's fine. Oh, good. And she definitely doesn't only have a couple of days to live. Oh, fantastic. Oh, good. Yeah. I'll see her at Chrissy. (laughs) She does a wonderful pavlova. Oh, she... But, well, maybe he, I'm not sure, yeah. Uh, but Barry's well, at least. So that, that's that been my week. <laughs> that reminds me, how is your brother-in-law? I haven't seen him for a little while. Oh. Good old Bob. Oh. Uh, Maureen, how's your brother-in-law, Bob? Get up. Get up you... there. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. Maureen, how's your brother? Maureen, what are you doing? Sorry, Edith. At the Olympics are on. Oh. I'm just watching the, the skeet shooting. You know, that's my favourite sport. Sorry, I, I'm just watching it on mute. I, I'm not going to interrupt the podcast or anything like that. I, I just like having the Olympics on all the time. No, no, fair enough. Skeet shooting. I'm not interested in skeet shooting. Oh, I love it. Skeet shooting is, honest. it is the most glamorous Olympic sport there is, I think. <laughs> What's a skeet? A skeet is your old plates. You know when you change your china once in your life? goes out to Ringwood, to the gun farm, and they fling them up in the air and they shoot them. It was started by a man in Sydney, and he moved house, and as a housewarming gift, uh, his friends bought him a new dinner set. And he had an old dinner set sitting around, and every time he moved, he'd have to box it up and move it again, because what are you meant to do with it? And uh, he had it in a boat. He got these bloody plates. I have to take them everywhere. So he threw them up in the air and shot them. And that became skeet shooting. 
And that became skeet shooting. That's right. We're only a few minutes into the podcast and I've learnt so much already. Keep it on. Mm. I, I want to learn more about these wonderful sports. Oh, I'll let you know when the Aussies are on. Yes, please do. Now, speaking of the Olympics, of course, they've just started. They're over in Tokyo. Did you watch the opening ceremony? I watched as much as I could. Right. What did you think? Uh, gee, for a country that creates robots and smart TVs and phones and all, how can they have such a bad opening ceremony? It's almost like what was left of their arts community, like many other countries, it's been decimated in the last year and a half. They were called in to put something together and they said, well, there's no chance this Olympics is going to happen because of all of the... Um, because of because of what's been happening lately. Yes. Uh, so they didn't bother planning anything, and then all of a sudden they had to throw something together at the last minute, isn't it? Yes, uh, that's the impression I got from it. And uh, the other thing that I picked up from it was how we seem to have very, very quickly, in the matter of a few decades, moved on from the fact that they tried to invade Australia and bombed us. But I don't say anything, do I? I don't say anything. I'm the idiot. Yep. You can't. You'll upset people. The other thing that I've realised, having watched the opening ceremony, the first thing is how grateful I am, and I never thought I'd say this sentence, for Nikki Webster. Ah. I always thought she was a little brat when she was in the Olympic opening ceremony yep. and when she released her single, I've Mission been missing oh, uh, Now I hate that song. <laughs> And even now, she's a, she's now running a dance school up on the Gold Coast. <laughs> <laughs> but then I watched the Tokyo Olympics opening ceremony and I thought, gee, we were lucky to have Nikki. So if you're listening, Nikki... Props to you, darling. And we'd love to have you on the pod. I went to see a shopping centre uh, performance of Batman. When they bought out the movie, oh, yes. they had some bloke dressed up as Batman... And it was, you know, Princess Peach from... Uh, Mario Kart. Yes, and they were all, you know, singing, dancing, and the Mario head fell off. And all the kids went screaming and yelling, and there was Pokemon running around. And the kids, because they realise it's just an actor in a suit. And uh, one of the children ran. He was standing not far from me. I had my grandchildren there. They were okay. Well, they're in their 30s, so I'd hope so. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, this little boy that was sitting next to me got so scared by Mario's head falling off that he ran and it was up on the second level at Chadstone and he ran straight through the plate glass window, fell down onto the travelator and got chewed up at the end like big teeth at the bottom of the travelator and he fell oh down and God. died. He got eaten up into a thousand little bits and I still think that was better than the opening ceremony of the 2021 Olympics. You know, it's funny, these opening ceremonies. I mean, double standards, really. It's all right for them to fly 2,500 drones above a stadium, but we fly a couple over the Middle East and all of a sudden it's a war crime. I mean, come on. You have to ask the question, Edith, where are those drones now? Probably on their way to what's left of Darwin, I would say. They never did fix Darwin after, did they? No, in fact, I think it looked better after the bomb than it does now. Yeah, 100%. Of course, uh, exciting news, though, coming out of Tokyo, is that us Aussies will be hosting the Olympics again uh, up in Brisbane, though, unfortunately. Shame I won't be able to go. Why not? I'll be dead. Because I'm 90-fucking-one years old, Edith. I'll be 103. What do you think? 
Yeah, good point, lad. But I have to say, poor old Anastasia Chucklefuck up in uh, Queensland, you know, she got a slap on the wrists by a lot of people for mm-hmm. going over to Tokyo to accept the award. Come on, give the woman a break. I mean, what a feather in our cap. Our little country down here has won the Olympics mm-hmm. that no one else put in an offer to host. I mean... That wanted it, yeah. No, well, literally no other country applied to host it. Yes. I, I think Hobart could have applied to host it and they would have won, I mean. <laughs> but still, it's it's very exciting. Oh, it's terrific. And did you watch on the news, just after I watched the press conference, the Daily Co- the, the daily the what? update. The, the daily, daily update. update. Uh, well, they had the news and they showed Anastasia Palace. Chuckle. Palace. Packer. Packer. And she was there and they said, Are you going to go to the opening ceremony? And there was that bloke who said, I think you should go. Mm. Did you see this? Yes, I did. Very awkward, wasn't it? Oh, very, very, very awkward, awkward to watch. But. You know, Anastasia, she, I think, handled it very well. Mm. And at the end of the day, she's lucky she had a man there. Exactly. Because he was able to explain what was going on to her. And give her some direction rather than just, you know, free thinking for herself. He was able to be there and in front of the world's press, steer her in the right direction. As men should. Yes. As men should. I mean, he's probably senior to her, I'd imagine. I imagine, yes. Uh, So the Olympics are coming to Brisbane. You're right. Probably neither of us will be alive. But what do you hope to see at the Brisbane Olympics? Do you think we could add in a new sport? Or who would you like as the mascot of the Olympics? What should we do for the opening ceremony? What do you think, Moors? The mascot? That's a great question. A few people have said that the Abin chicken, you know, that awful bird, the ibis, well, they think they should be getting that as the mascot. Why don't we bring back the ones from Sydney, you know, silly, milly and odd? They were good. I haven't seen them for 20 years. They'd be thrilled to have another gig. Do you know who I think should be the mascot uh, for the Brisbane Olympics because she represents Australia so well. Our dear friend Caroline Springs, she is here in the corner tied up a little bit. How are you, Caroline? How are She's yeah. not well. So she's foaming at the mouth. She's watching the dressage. It makes her very wild. Yes. <laughs> I think Caroline would be a, a wonderful representative. She is a Brisbane native, mm-hmm. and uh, I think she really represents the people of Brisbane, don't you, love? Yes. Would you like to be the mascot for the Olympics, Caroline? She cannot hear or see or talk. It's hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> Which is perfect, because I've never heard a mascot talk. What game are they playing? Dressage, did you say at the moment? Dressage, the horses. That's what Princess Anne used to do, didn't she? I never knew if she had a jockey or not. Oh, this talk of the Olympics, Edith, that really reminds me of when we competed. Oh, yes. 19... Uh, when was it? Nin- Melbourne Olympics. When was 19... it? 19... Well, decimal uh, currency came in in 66. 66, I know. It was before that. Ballarat, 1958. Wrote, dug on the Tucker Box. I remember my first train in 1952. 
I invented uh, Pokemon 1969. Titanic had sunk by that point, so it must have been around. I put bread. Dried up bread on the Caroline Springs was arrested for bombing Darwin. I know it was before 1946. It was 1956. Women's road cycling. I came second. I had a bit of a different bike. In fact, I only very soon to the race starting did I decide to join. And when I say that, I don't even think I decided to join. I was riding back from Carl's New World. Oh, yes. After doing the grocery shopping, I had a bit of milk and eggs in the front basket. I had tassels on the side of my bike. And uh, I had my umbrella strapped to the side. And I uh, sort of had one of those very upright bikes with a spring seat. And I was going down Gertrude Street in Fitzroy, heading towards the exhibition building. Oh, yes. And lo and behold, I turned onto Nicholson Street. I'm in the bloody Olympics. Rode back around, got to Olympic Park, came second. <laughs> came second. I had no idea. How exciting. We have two Olympians on the podcast. What? Have we got a guest on today as well? Another Olympian? No. I might know them. <laughs> Who are you talking? No, Maureen, I was in the Olympics as well. You were? Yes, 1964. Oh. I was a swimmer in the 64 Olympics. Tokyo? Yes, in Tokyo. You and I had had a falling out at that mm. point. Sorry, listeners, we're <laughs> waffling on about our own little personal stories. They should be used to that by now. Remember when we had that falling out over Ian Hewitson? Yes. Turned out he was double dating us. Yeah. And we made a sparkle sister best friend promise yep. not to date him. Bros before hoes. And then I secretly was dating him. And then you found out I was dating him. And then you didn't talk to me for a couple mm-hmm. of years. I remember. Well, I took my rage and my anger and I channeled it into swimming and I became one of the best swimmers in Australia and I got flown over to the Tokyo Olympics and uh, I very nearly Mm. won the 100 metre and do you know who I blame for my failure? Do you know which evil arsehole of a human being I blame for stopping me from achieving my Olympic gold? I can just imagine, I can guess. Dawn bloody Fraser. Oh, she is. Oh, she a is a bastard. An absolute. Oh, I can't stand. Her. She stands oh, up she there. The she got rid medal. of my level oh, crossing. You know what she did? Oh. That she sold it and she bought drugs with it and she sold it to kids. She's an awful. She sold human them bird. to other kids and she ended Shocking. up stealing Shocking. the limelight from everyone who won that year. She did. She did. She was shocking. Oh, and the Japanese, they loved her. I can't believe I never told you this story. I actually have a a clip from the Olympics when I was on here. Do you want me to play it for you? You're kidding. Yes, no, I've got it here. Hang on a second. Let me find the tape. It's in my... What is it, video or sound? No, I've got it from the radio tape recorded. Hang on a second. I'll pop it in. So I heard See that Victoria wants some of our Pfizer no, vaccines. They're no, not getting it. No. I can't. Good. The, feds, the feds are giving them more anyway. Like okay, they're so they're more. not coming no. from New South Wales. No, the federal government has, from last week, given them more AstraZeneca, I think. But Why uh, does everyone look to us to save their own stupid decisions? I can't comment on that. Why, you know I, why do Melbourne, right, or Victoria, 
you know, when we get a couple of cases, we, we, we kind of control it and it's and it calms down very quickly. What happens in Victoria where it just gets away from them? I keep saying to people, it's not for me to comment on what other governments do. Yeah, but, but off the record, what do you think? <laughs> I've just got the, we've got the confidence that our system's in place, our public's used to doing things a particular way, and it's a question of trust. And it's harder, it's much easier to lock down because you don't have to worry about anything. It's yeah. much more difficult to let people move around when the virus is circulating, and that's been a challenge for us, but it's been a worthwhile challenge. If you look back, we've only had the one statewide lockdown, which was really early on, and Touchwood, we've kept well, everything Well, I going. heard that... Um, cause I'm I, sorry, I, I, that was the wrong clip. I, I didn't know what was it? that was. That's not it. I'm so sorry. Uh, hang on a second. I've got the right, the right tape here. Here it is. Here we go. And in the lead, it's that plucky little broad from Australia, Edith Vale. Followed by the American, Kathy Ellis, with the lovely legs. They're in the final stretch now, and golly gosh, here comes Dawn Frazier, accompanied by her pert bosom. Taking over Sharon Stelder, can she do it? Can she do it? I think she can. She's neck and neck with Vale now, and what lovely necks they have. And here we go, it's Dawn Fraser for gold. And doesn't she look gorgeous in her little outfit? The boys at home will be enjoying that. What a wonderful break from the kitchen for Dawn. You little beauty! No, she is an <laughs> arsehole. That woman is an absolute bloody arsehole. Sorry, Edith, I wasn't cheering for that. The women's 152-metre roller skate is on. Oh, sorry. Tokyo oh. now, sorry. Well, sorry, I actually do want to see that one. Can you push record on the thing? Sorry, record. That's on now. Anyway, so Dawn won. And I thought, you know what, I've lost my friend Maureen. I didn't know that you and I would become friends again at that point. And bloody Dawn has gone and shown me up at the Olympics. I thought, I'm going to get her back. So that night, we were invited. Ourselves and the men's hockey team had been invited to the Imperial Palace. They call it an Imperial Palace. I've seen better. I'll be honest. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I had a few drinks, you know, sake. You know what I'm like when there's an open bar more. So I can't help myself. <laughs> I'm more partial to a port normally, but the shark, he wasn't bad. A grog's a grog. That's right. Anyway, I ended up drinking so much, I basically made us even for what they'd done to Darwin. And I thought, oh, I'm going to get this dawn tart back for what she's done. Yep. So I snuck out of the palace and I swam across the little moat they had there and I stole the Japanese flag. You're joking. You! Uh, yes, and I popped it under Dawn's pillow. The next day the <gasps> coppers came round. Oh, we're looking for a couple of missing flags. And I misheard them. I thought they said fags. I said, you want to check the male diving team? That's where you'll find them. But they were looking for flags. Flags, that's what they said. And then they looked under Dawn's pillow. Well, there's the flag. And, uh, oh, she got disqualified. Oh, swings and roundabouts. <laughs> you know, I regret it to this day. I could have won. My problem was I don't like Japanese food. It's too spicy for me. So I'd yeah. taken over an entire suitcase full of oats. And I'd had a massive bowl of porridge that morning. I, mm -hmm. It was a salad bowl bowl worth of porridge I thought I'd load up on my carbs and I think that's why I sunk to the bottom of the pool at the very end of the race right yeah. yes 
Yeah, did you have full cream milk? I did a little bit of butter and some brown sugar. Mm. Uh, if only I was there. <laughs> if only I'd known I would have been there to support you, Edith, as my friend. Oh, bless you. And, and I'm so glad we are friends again. And now it's time for a word from one of our sponsors. Oh, I heard See that Victoria Tuesday. wants some of our Pfizer no, vaccines. They're no, not getting no. it. They can't. Good. The, feds, the feds are giving them more anyway. But well, no. Why does everyone look to us to save their own stupid decisions? Oh, I can't comment on that. Oh, sorry, that's the wrong... I don't know what that clip is. Here we go. Here's a word from one of our sponsors. Hello, my name is Karen Carrington. And ever since my husband left, my children have become one of my main priorities. I am a fierce, proud mama bear. So if I'm not live, laugh, loving, then I'm on the computer with a glass of shardy researching what dangerous nasties the big pharma companies and the leftist education system are putting into our vaccines. Did you know that in Australia, vaccinations are the leading cause of red hair in children? Yuck! No way, no thank you. No, I won't have that. Imagine going to brunch with your girlfriends and bringing along a little ranger in the pram. It'd clash with my new Lululemon. That's why I have started my new homeschool preschool. It's called Anti-Vax Play School. Our curriculum has been put together by leading alternative scientists that I met in the queue at Lush. I bloody love their bath bombs. They just they smell beautiful and I love the glitter too. We'll ensure your precious little angel doesn't learn about the evils of vaccination, Arabic numerals, or the existence of homosexuality like their bloody father did. I mean, all of a sudden he's got a new assistant and it's a man. I mean, why would he go and leave me for Craig, the waiter? I mean, not even a French restaurant. Shit. I go to the gym three times a day. Well, it's Pilates, but it's kind of the same. This bastard just goes off and starts a new life with a man. Well, I'd like to start a bloody life with a man. That's normal. Anti-vax play school. Your child's mind is like a blank canvas. Leave it that way. This sport, Maud. Ah, oh, terrific. That was the men's 2B pencil sharpening. Come on, Ozzy, come on. Oh, Maureen, we're back on air. Come on, come on. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Hello, kiddies, and uh, welcome back to the Granny Bingo Wireless Podcast. Thank you for sticking around thus far. Sorry, we were just watching a bit of Olympics. I've been watching it on the 7 Plus app. The 7 Plus app, a proud sponsor of the Granny Bingo Wireless Podcast. If we say that, do they have to send us money? I believe that's what it is. I'll send them another episode of our podcast, but this time I won't say, hey, how about a TV show? (laughs) No one ever seems very interested in working with us on a TV concept. So I won't put it in this time. (sighs) Anyway, kids, uh, we were talking in the break and we thought, since this episode has become all about the Olympics, we might get a sporting legend on the show for a little bit of an interview. We haven't done an interview for a while Mm -hmm. on this podcast. Who have we got, Moors? Well, this week we're interviewing 
somewhat of a counterpart of mine. As our Granny Chasers listeners and fans will know, uh, I'm the Lady President of the Melbourne Inner City sub-branch of the Country Ladies Association. And I'm the Treasurer. Yes, she, and she's very staunchly in control with her fiduciary responsibilities. Uh, well, this week we've got the President of the uh, Fakatiki branch of the CLA uh, in New Zealand. Of course, the Country Ladies Association is not only here in Melbourne, uh, but it's also in uh, New Zealand. And Fakatiki, I think, is the capital of New Zealand. I don't know very much about it. But many years ago, uh, we started the Country Ladies Association Games. Yes, CLAG. Country Ladies Association Games. CLAG. And I've won a few gold medals in the CLAGs. You've won a few gold medals in the CLAGs. Oh, yes, I've done very well, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, And as the years have gone on, it's becoming increasingly easier to win because everybody's dying. That's right, but don't be thinking it's just Australia and New Zealand, it's the entire Asia-Pacific region. You know, we have contestants coming in from... Indonesia and Nauru and Lao. Tonga and Lao. It's, it's, it's a big deal. And uh, we met this woman, uh, God, what year was it? 20- 2014. 2014, you're right, it was 2014, which was being hosted in Vanuatu. Yes. And we were over there competing. Maureen was actually in the same heat as this woman. That's right. Yep, yep. We went head to head and uh, neither of us won because we just started chatting. I found her so interesting. We stopped halfway through the race. We stopped and had a coffee. I've never been a big fan of this woman, but... She is your friend, and I'm happy to have her on the show if you insist. Anyway, when we finished the coffee, we went back to the stadium, and she took part, as as well as I did, in the women's hand-free pole vaulting. And uh, she won, thankfully, because it's not a sport I enjoy playing. And uh, she won, and uh, no, you know, no crosses to bear there. We're, we're really still fast, mates. So we're doing it on the phone because, of course, these days with co- with what with the troubles, oh, yes. uh, we have to do it by phone Zoom. So, uh, uh, are you there? Are you there? Kia ora. Yes, I'm here. Oh, good, good. You're on the line. Okay. Hello and welcome to the Granny Bingo Wireless podcast, the 2015 winner of the Women's Hands-Free Pole Vault, Martine McWillie-Nuddy. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. Hello, Martine. We've not actually met in person, but my name's Edith. I'm Maureen's best friend. So thrilled to have you on the podcast. Tell us, uh, what was it like to win gold for the Wakatiki Country Ladies Association branch? Sorry, uh, what was your name again? Edith. I'm sure you've heard all about me, uh, Maureen's best friend. Edith. 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 And you're part of the Country Ladies Association as well, are you? Yes, I'm the treasurer in Melbourne. Yes, uh, Martine, I don't think I've actually mentioned Edith yet, but you would have seen her at the games that time. You remember, she was always standing next to the pancake station at breakfast. Do you remember? Oh, yes, 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 yes. 
I remember you now, Edith. Nice to hear from you. Uh, thank you, Martine. Uh, so, Martine, tell us, what was it like to win gold? Oh, it was really exciting. Uh, uh, cool. And uh, you got back to New Zealand. Uh, how was your reception when you got back there with the gold? Ah, uh, it was fine. Uh, how, how wonderful. And I'm sure your family were proud of you when you got back to New Zealand. They took me out for lunch. It was actually kind of nice. Oh, how, how cool. We have lunch in Australia sometimes as well. So, Martine, tell me everything. Have you been going out for lunches? Yes, Maureen. It's been absolutely frosty here every single morning. I can hardly get my car started in the morning. <laughs> oh, Martine. Oh, you're so funny. You'd know what you're doing with the car. You're so smart. Uh, Sir Martine, you're also credited as the first woman to bring sausage rolls to New Zealand back in 1997. What inspired you to bring the sausage roll back to New Zealand? Well, I just thought everybody would like them. Right. And what about the movies? Have you been going to the movies? Because we've been locked down over here, Martine. And I, I know that you lot have been able to go out and do things. Have you been going out and doing much? You'd, you have the best life, Martine. Oh, not really, Maureen. I just go down to the dairy and I go and grab some fosh and chops and uh, really I just buzz back home as quickly as I can. But of course I fill up my chilli bin with lots of milk. Oh, that sounds really exciting though. I mean, you're so lucky that you've got, you're able to move around, but gee, what a mistake from that woman that runs your country, Martine. Oh, don't get me started, Maureen. Who are you talking about? Doesn't she know, Maureen? Oh, don't worry, she'll get the idea. We're talking about Jacinda Jacinda Bloody Ardern. She She is a a bastard. bastard. And if you had level crossings over there, she would have got rid of those too. I can't imagine it. She She is a bastard. Um, Well, we might have to wrap this up at some point. Uh, Well, Maureen, give me a call on the telephone later on. All right. Okay. Bye, Martine. Thanks for coming on the show. (laughs) You're my bestie (laughs) from across the ditch. (laughs) Oh, that was good, Ada. Thanks for having Martine and hooking her up. That was terrific. Did you like her? Listen, I'm not going to say anything nasty about the woman. All I'll say is I'm so glad that your South African friend Marlene wasn't available to join us for this interview because I think it would have gotten very confusing. This is your man, Flo Rowley. Hey, what's happening? This is your home applies, man. Hey, yo, what's poppin', man? It's your boy, Bow Easy, man. Check it out. <laughs> Granny Bingo Wireless. All right. Now, it's, what are you watching? What are you up to on the Olympics? Oh, one of my favourite ones, and the ones that the Aussies always do very well in, too. Uh, it's the men's police horse punching. We, I think we'll get the gold this year. I think we'll get the gold. And now it's time for one of our favourite segments. It's called Agony Grands. And this is an Mm -hmm. opportunity for you to write in and tell us your problems and we'll try and sort them out. You can contact us on our social media at Granny Bingo on Instagram or Edith Vale and Maureen McGillicuddy on Facebook. Uh, All right, well, let's uh, let's read the first letter here. Uh, Beautiful handwriting. This is wonderful handwriting. It's... In curse words, curse words, curse, curse, cursive, 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 yes. Uh, Hello, ladies. 
I was surprised and thrilled to hear you briefly mention in last week's episode that you were part of the feminism movement in the 1960s. I'm keen to hear what kind of activism you undertook in the 1960s and what you think we should be doing to advance our cause today. Keep up the great work. And that's from Adeline in Ichuka. Oh, thank you, Adeline, and thank you for listening. <laughs> Lovely. Yes. What did we do? We did a lot. We did. We mentioned in last week's episode in the 1960s when the women's lib movement was taking off, we burnt our bras, and we were we were talking last week about how that put the hole in the ozone layer. Yes. Uh, and I only did it once. Uh, we did. I mean, we probably did more than we actually realised when it comes to the women's lib movement. I think, Edie, but I only burnt my bra once. I learnt the lesson the hard way that I should have taken it off first. But when you burn your bras, you don't have any bras left. And I have gigantic tangers, these great big whopping bouncing basketballs stuffed down the front of my shirt. And if you don't put them in a bra, it's a disaster, a disaster for many, many aspects. So I stopped burning my bra, but I did start burning my husband's clothes. Uh, in solidarity with other women because, you know, if I have to wear clothes, then men shouldn't be able to. That's what women's liberation and equality is about, isn't it? Mm, mm, exactly. And thank you for your question, Adeline and Achuka. What a lovely part of the world. That's where they filmed All the Rivers Run. I, quite like Maureen, only burned my bra once. And Adeline, I have to confess to you, I didn't specify this in last week's episode, but uh, I did it by accident. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I was uh, in Tokyo for the Olympics in 1964. And the night before we uh, swam the, the 100 metre women's, you know, uh, I went out for dinner with Dawn and all the other blokes. And uh, we went to a lovely Japanese barbecue restaurant, you know, where they cook it in front of you, chop, chop, chop. Yakitori! And uh, as I also mentioned, I was refusing to eat the food there. It's too sparsy for me. Um, so I had uh, I had a bit of a liquid dinner, if you know what I mean. I got a bit tiddly. Mm. And a lovely bloke that was doing the barbecue, he was so handsome. Oh, my goodness, I was in love. And I was, you know, I was doing my best to flirt with him. I was single at the time, of course. And uh, I leant over to sort of whisper into his ear. And I was saying sweet... He couldn't understand a word, but I was saying sweet nothings into his ear. And little did I know that my bra had gone up in flames. Oh, no! I know. And thank God for Dawn Fraser and her very large, very masculine hands. Mm. She was beating the flames off me. Uh, because uh, otherwise I would have done... But I count that as activation, I think. Maureen, would you? Yeah, yeah. I, but that wasn't the limits to what I did for the women's lib movement back no. in the 60s. Of course, back then it was all about sticking it to the man. Yep, that's right. Men were the enemy back then, as they are now for us, us girls. And uh, so I, during the 60s, I got back at men by just having really bad sex with all right, of them. Right, right. Any bloke I could find, I'd take him home and I'd lie there like a melted zooper duper. You know those zooper mm -hmm. dupers you used to get at the tax up for 10 cents? And then when they go limp, they're all wobbly. And yes, yes that, I'd lie there like that, and you know, I'd just I'd give them the worst time of their life. Yep. 
and uh, and I think that really taught a lot of men. Well, I, I, I took the same approach as Edith and beat the men at their own game. That was sort of how we did it. It was a subliminal war that we were fighting. And uh, the only way to get uh, above them was to get underneath them. So I got a job for the Minister of Immigration. And uh, what was happening, of course, was that women were only typists, receptionists, uh, they do all those sort of clerical jobs. So I went in there and thought, I'm going to change some things. I'm going to beat these men at their own game. So I started in this little clerical and admin role, and I purposely did very, very well. I wanted to be noticed, and I did very well. Within the first month, I was the fastest typer. And uh, my uh, manager, Mr. Morrison, uh, Scott, his name was, he came over and he said, Maureen, you're very, very good at your job and we're going to give you a pay rise, an extra three shillings a month. And I thought, this is where I go in and cripple the bastard. I said, I thank you very much for the offer, Mr. Morrison. You know, I'll take this job, but don't give me the pay rise. He sort of looked confused. I said, in fact... Take three shillings off my pay. <laughs> and then uh, I kept going. I did, kept doing very, very well there. And the men would come in and I'd always answer them back. And they started not liking it. Well, what I decided to do, and I taught all the women that were in my typist pool, don't ever answer back. Just be quiet and fade into the background. By the time I left, I got all of the women in the public sector. I started a secret union. I got them all to take pay cuts. They never, ever answered back, and they always worked overtime. And that was the that was my contribution to women's lib in, in the Australian government. Well done, bravo. And do you get a statue? Do you get an Australia, Order of Australia no, medal? No, no you don't get any no. of that. Shocking. Well, there's your tip, Adeline, uh, to stick it to the man. We haven't talked about Caroline's contribution to women's lib. During the 1960s, she started before either of us. 1961, she started, and she sort of finished up her official involvement in 1987. And in that time, she murdered over 123 men. Uh, she was a man murderer in the name of women's lips. So that is another angle you could take. There you go, Adeline. There's some strong advice from all three of us, actually. Thanks for writing <laughs> in, Adeline. We'll see you up in Echuca soon. Uh, let's have a look. Who's next? Here we go. <clears throat> Here's one. I'll read this one if you like, love. <clears throat> okay, thank you. Dear Edith, Maureen and Caroline, I'm reaching out to all of you as mothers, as I am at my wit's end and I don't know what to do. My son is in grade five and has been having lots of trouble with bullies lately. He often comes home in tears. Oh, that's awful. Sad. And sometimes refuses to go to school. Oh, my heart's breaking mm. for you, love. Mm. I've spoken with the school and some of the bullies' parents, but it hasn't helped. It hasn't worked, right. We moved around a lot when he was younger, so he's changed schools a few times. Do you think this could have affected his popularity? And have you got any advice? And that's from Tammy in Melrose Park. Oh, my God. I didn't... I didn't expect this to emotionally... Are you all right, Dad? ...upset me the way this has. Oh, oh, that's so sad. Um... Thank you for writing in, Tammy. Oh, it's all right, love. Oh, no, 
I'm all right, sorry. I, you know, when you start crying, you don't really know why. That, that really got to me. Thank you for writing in, Tammy. Maybe it's the empathetic part of me that's reacting to this one. I just, I feel so much for the bullies. Because if he doesn't go to school, who are they going to bully? Yes, that's all. And if he keeps changing schools, the bullies at that school don't have anyone to pick on anymore. And Tammy, think of those poor bullies. I mean, you've gone to their parents and you've become a dibber-dobber yourself. If anyone needs to be bullied, Tammy, it's you. No one likes you. a dibber-dobber. I'm sure you've taught no. your loser son that. Uh, you've gone straight to the bullies' parents and dubbed them in. They've probably had no Game Boys for the last few days. They'd be a device-free household, and they're in lockdown. Tammy, that is so mean. Bullying is just character formation. That is that is how people grow up to be strong and resilient, mm. is for bullies. Bullies play a very big part. They are, they are but small fish in a very big pond, Tammy. And who are you, Tammy? Tammy, the housewife from Melrose Park. Maybe if you spent less time listening to old ladies hosting podcasts and writing into them and more time trying to be cool and teaching your son not to be a loser, then you wouldn't have this issue, Tammy. Yeah, Tammy, Tammy, she smells like spammy. <laughs> yeah, that's right, love. Tammy, I, at the end of the day, you've got to look in the mirror, love, and say to yourself, what have I passed on to my son? And uh, and that's your fault, Tammy. You, you ask in your letter, we've moved around a lot when he was younger. I mean, first of all, I'm going to make an assumption here, Tammy. Was there different men? Uh, is that fair to assume, Maureen? That she's a slut? Yeah, probably. I think she's had different partners over her time. She's moved from house to house, from bloke to bloke, and uh, she's made her poor little dork of a son move along with her. And uh, yes, that has contributed to his popularity, Tammy, and that's your fault. That's on your head, love. God will ask you to answer for that one day. Tammy, you're a darrow. You're a downer. Tammy, really just absolutely a dead-set loser. And why are you writing to us? I mean, we're, we're complete strangers. We don't even know who you are and you're writing to us. Haven't you got any friends? Oh, actually, I already know the answer. No friends, Tammy. <laughs> <laughs> all the best to your son. Well, I think that's all the time I want to spend on a sad, miserable woman like Tammy. What's on the, on the Olympics, love? Is it worth what? Ah, uh, well, there is the record-breaking... Now, record breaking what? What sport? No, no, no. It's just vinyl records. They break them. Whoever can break the most in in oh, sort of like discus, but they're throwing records. Exactly like discus, compact discus. Oh, how cool! Mm. How cool! Uh, the pet dog tossing is on after this. I think on uh, seven plus on the app. Uh, they've got competitive complaint writing. I know you'd like that one. Let's go to a word from one of our sponsors. But, why um, does everyone look to us to save their own stupid decisions? I can't comment on that. Why, you know I, why do Melbourne, right, or Victoria... That's the wrong... Sorry, I've done it what again. What are you doing? Here we go. Let's go to a word from one of our sponsors. Has your business been accused of horrific working conditions? Yeah. Opposition to trade unions? Yeah. And causing the death of independent bookstores? Hell yeah! Is your favourite private island closed because the local impoverished population has been decimated by the COVID-19 pandemic while you accrued enough wealth to end world poverty but did nothing about it? How'd you guess? Well boy, do we have the travel destination for you! 
space. That's right, actual outer atmosphere space. For only five and a half billion dollars, you too can enjoy 10 minutes and 10 seconds worth of spectacular views of a dying planet that you helped to kill. After all, what's the point in committing widespread tax avoidance, monopolistic behaviour and constant employee intimidation tactics if you can't make enough money to launch yourself into the outer atmosphere in a giant cock-shaped spaceship to stick it to Richard Branson? Is that the Pacific Ocean? It sure is. So whether you just want to get off the beaten track or you're looking at setting up a new tax haven on an extraterrestrial planet, make your next escape space because you're worth it. It was amyl nitrate apparently. Really? Uh, it burnt the uh, soles of her feet. You put really? it in the bath. Mm. Oh, sorry. Hi, we're back. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of the Granny Bingo Wireless Podcast. Have you had a fun time? Ah, that's been all right. Is Martine coming back on the next episode? I've actually sent Caroline over to visit Martine. Oh, that's nice. Yes, with a little gift. It's a little Australian lamington. Oh, my God. It's a special cyanide recipe. So I don't know if we'll hear from Martine again, but we'll see. What? Nothing. Uh, Kiddies, thank you so much for listening to the podcast this week. We hope you've enjoyed it. We've enjoyed bringing it to you. And uh, don't forget to uh, share this podcast with all of your friends. Review it on the uh, podcast shop. Yes, we haven't had enough reviews lately. Go to the podcast review place, give it five stars and say something like, Oh, these are the funniest women I've ever met. Yes. I don't know. Yes. Make sure you tune in to next week's episode where I'll be competing in the Javelin with Anastasia Palaszczuk. I've got an exclusive catch-up with the one and only, the legendary Bill Cosby. And I'll teach you how to make a dream catcher out of dog hair. But until then, kiddies, stay sane, stay safe, and stay nice to each other. See ya. Bye, Tammy. <laughs> Oh, yes, uh, Maureen, it's been so bloody frosty up here. I need to say it without Maureen's <laughs> voice. I'm just I'm loving that oh. this entire segment is you talk, interviewing yourself <laughs> and slightly changing your voice so that I, know, I just have to sit here being insulted by this woman that doesn't exist. <laughs> this will probably end up being the best episode we've ever done. <laughs> just Maureen losing her mind completely. <laughs>